0: Every day is Saturday. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Fab for Casinos USA Podcast. And welcome to our episode 155, Strangest Things Seen in a Casino. And boy, it's been over 30 days since our last podcast. You know, we had to take a little break. I had to get a skin cancer operation. That kind of threw me. We also had uh, sort of a family reunion that was nice uh, at Deer Creek, Deep Creek, Maryland at... uh, Beautiful cabin, five acorns, ooh, what a way to rough it, air-conditioned, hot tub, (laughs) you name it, that cabin had it. But hey, we're back in the saddle today, and let's have a great month of August together. So today we're going to start with some of the strangest things (laughs) that we've seen or heard about from others in a casino. Uh, We also are going to move on to Crabs Talk. And Janie's going to finish out with some news about some slot wins in Las Vegas that kind of might, what's that expression, blow your mind. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll come back in just a few seconds and start the show. So I'm guessing most everyone listening to this podcast has been at a casino and seen the towers, I'll call them towers, beside the roulette table and uh back of a table and it tells you like just what happened you know it would tell you for example and roulette like the number and the color and you know so on and and then the back of a table it would tell you banker player tie and so you could see what the previous hands have been or like what the trend is so far you know with the cards now you know purists would tell you what happened A second ago with cards has nothing to do with what will happen next i guess the difference would be card counting and blackjack but we know of a baccarat player who actually sits in a high limit lounge with the permission of the management because he does bet and when he does bet he asked to increase the limit at the $2,500 table so obviously they're going to embrace that but he sits there and he has these books that he's taken notes over the years. I mean, maybe two, three years of notes. And he's drawn a tower and he's written down the sequence, you know, like three bankers, a player, player, a tie, you know, two more players, three bankers, etc. And his whole approach, his methodology is that he wants to match. Something from his notes, a tower that he drew from his notes yesterday, a month ago, four years ago, with something that he sees uh, at the real life action that he's looking, the tower that he's looking. And when he sees that, he runs to the table and he makes a bet. He already has his chips. (laughs) And sometimes they will request an increase in the table limit, especially if there's other people there. So, so. They won't bet. Sometimes they do bet. That just makes him mad because he likes to be the only one. But anyway, he'll run over and let's say he'll put, you know, um, three thousand dollars on player, you know, and if player hits, he screams, "I know it! I know!" It. <laughs> and he uh, throws money to the uh, dealer and grabs his books and runs out of there. <laughs> However, if he said player, because that's what what happened on his tower chart, and Banker comes up, he starts screaming, he stands up and he starts screaming, can't be right, can't be right, can't be right, and that's when he'll oftentimes ask to increase the limit and make one more bet. Now, hey, there's plenty of times where he wins that second one, he's just as happy almost without losing the first one, but. Sometimes he loses them both, and it's not unusual for him to drop, you know, five $6,000 in the high-limit backward room. Whenever he comes in with his books, he's certainly welcomed. But uh, the dealers loved him, what I'm talking about, because when he does magically win because of his note-taking, uh, he throws several hundred dollars to the dealer at the table. So why wouldn't they love him, Right. Okay. That's one of the strangest things that can be seen in a casino. Now, I know that, uh, most of us who are recreational gamblers, either we go to a casino with, uh, you know, some significant other or a group of friends and, you know, we go for a good time. We also gamble and we take that seriously, but we don't gamble money that we can't afford to lose. And, you know, it's recreation. And occasionally, uh, we have some stories to tell not about how much we won, you know, it's not like first day of fishing and you say, I won all, I got all these trout there. All. No, it's, it's just like stories of things that you've seen in the casino that are a little bit different than things that usually happen there, right? So um, I think in a casino sometimes you see people that look so happy and you look at people who look like they've been crushed, you know, like they just got the worst news in their life and uh, they look like they're desperate. You see both kinds. But we're talking about things that you seldom see. So we're going to talk about a character named Biff. Remember the Back to the Future movies? Well, there is a character in a casino. This is in Vegas that um, lives his life as if he's Biff. He dresses like Biffs. He has that 70s vibe. (laughs) He he wears the same sunglasses. And at first uh dealers thought that like are they remaking a movie like is this a young actor you know because he's definitely in his 20s he's not an older biff <laughs> and uh, he's a decent blackjack player and when he comes in he wants to be called biff and he uh talks like biff if you remember the movie and he's uh assertive and overbearing in the way Biff was in the movie and his character. He's also crooked, but he plays a really good game of blackjack. Not perfect, basic strategy, but, you know, good enough sometimes to win. So the dealers thought, well, hey, you know, entertain him because, you know, he's another one. He'll tip you. He just wants to to pretend that he's Biff (laughs) or maybe he really believes he is Biff. And uh, one dealer told me, like, well, you know, I was like, I didn't buy into it. You know, I maybe wasn't as agreeable as I could have been with him. He said, but I was at a supermarket one day (laughs) and he heard his voice and he went over and there he was, dressed the same way, like Biff. So you never know you can meet in a casino and maybe you'll meet somebody who thinks that he's Biff. (laughs) Yeah, that could be. Well, here's another one for you. Um, This, um story was so incredible when it was sent to me by private message that it was from a Pittsburgh area uh, person and uh, one of our group members. And, and I said, I'd meet him. And I, I went down to meet him at the Meadows. And I said, I, I, I'm not going to just put in a good story. I want to make sure this really happened. And he assured me this really happened. And it, this is about a craps table, but it's based on what happened at a back of the table. So, a man comes out of the back lounge and uh, his pockets are bulging. He obviously had a good time and he's really happy and uh the table limit where this my group member was playing had a $1000 limit on bets. And uh he asked that that could be increased. And again they had to stop the game. The casino uh floor manager came over and said, "Yeah, what do you want to bet?" He said, I wanna bet four thousand dollars on the horn. All right, so okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say, okay, all right. We're gonna give you one roll and that's it, and then you gotta go back to a thousand. So uh there was a, a young lady throwing a dice, I guess there was five, six people at the table, and well, all kind of tension, drum roll please. <laughs> well, just like from a movie script, she rolls a twelve. And so Let's quickly do the math. That's 30 to 1, and you have $4,000 on the table. So $120,000. And, you know, while they're sliding these ships to him, <laughs> he's going berserk. And uh, he starts to, like, hop up and down. And finally he jumps up, and he has both knees on the table rails. <laughs> and he starts flipping ships to the people at the table and the guy that's telling me this story he said he got six $100 chips from him and he's taking them out of his pocket from his back or a win and the young lady who rolled the 12 on that horn bet you know that's 2, 3, 12, 11 the, the 2 and the 12 obviously pay 30 to 1 and the 3 and the 11 pay 15 to 1 <laughs> he gives her $10,000 Oh, man. I had a I. why well, wasn't I at that table, right? But I had a strong role once at uh, downtown at uh, at the Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh. I was a high shooter for the day, and I had this great role and won a considerable amount of money. And uh, there were a few people at the table that flipped me uh, $50, $75. I think $75 was the biggest I ever got from somebody else. You know, because my dice didn't throw a seven for so many so many rolls. But anyway, it happens, and that's one of the strangest things. And uh, I want to close out with uh, something that I've talked about before, um, and uh, this happened at the Rio when the Rio was a trendy place to be. Okay, so we're at the table at the Rio, and that's when the the Rio had the masquerade Thing from the ceiling that would go around, and people would throw down beads. And um, they would have those kind of dancers in the masquerade outfits, you know, I guess like uh, the Mardi Gras um, dancing from stands near slot machines. So, you know, you're looking at your game, you're looking at the dancers, you're looking up above, you know, at the uh, barges attached to the ceiling on a track. where people were throwing down beads. It just was a jumping place, man. I mean, people wanted to go there. Um, Everybody had fun there. But So I'm at a table, and a guy leaves the table and goes over to a slot machine, and the slot machine has a car around it. It's like there's there's slots surrounding the car. I guess, you know, you could win the car as a BMW. So he jumps up there, and... The dancer stops dancing because she's just a few feet away, thinking like, "What the?" So anyway, the security comes after him, and he's screaming, "Vegas is a ripoff! Vegas is a ripoff!" And he's a young guy, and they're grabbing for him. And he's every time they grab for him, he jumps, and they miss. It's almost like uh, Keystone Cops for a minute, you know. <laughs> and he keeps swearing. He says, "Yeah, Vegas is an effing ripoff!" You know. Clearly, he's intoxicated, and he's lost a lot of money. Well, eventually, they catch him. And they carry him like a log down the hall. And I you know, always wondered, what the heck happened to this guy? <laughs> you can imagine. All right. And uh, this is an experience also like that the Rio experience that I had in uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. That's in southern Indiana. It was called the Argosy Casino then. It's now called uh, Hollywood at Lawrenceburg. But the Argosy it was a big boat and uh, on Saturday nights it was off in that capacity and people were across the river were coming from Cincinnati into southern Indiana where riverboat casinos were legal. So truthfully, when you're uh, marching from you know, your hotel connected to the boat, you really can't even tell that you're on a boat. You know, it just looks like you're just in another room or other rooms of a casino once you come down the hallway, which is really Everything's like hidden away from you, so you get this real sense of security and uh we're playing at a table, and the table's relatively hot, man, and you know I'm winning money and sipping a beer, and the guy beside me is winning money, but there's a young guy at the at the corner of the craps table that's been playing the don'ts and he and he's losing money, and uh, he's you know he's betting a hundred dollars on the don'ts and sevens are being rolled or points are being made and on the come out sevens are rolled so he loses or or pe- instead of people sevening out when the points established they've been making their points so he's losing money so the guy beside him for for no good reason like you should never do this says you're an ass to play the don'ts and so this young guy pops him and, and i said you know over the years i've told this story and i said he must have been a boxer, amateur boxer, because he's boom, 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 boom. He, he knocks him right over, face is covered with blood, his nose is shattered, and uh, he starts kicking him in the head. And security try to stop him, and uh, they get there, and they basically tackle him and handcuff him. And uh, I was standing beside the guy that said, you know, the, the rude thing that he did, and he threw his beer on me by accident when the guy punched him. And so when things calm down, they bring uh, EMTs and put them on a cart with the wheel him out of there and ambulance. I mean, he's semi-conscious. I said to the casino manager standing there, I said, well, what about me? Like, what, like, what are you going to do for me? I'm soaking wet. This guy had a big beer and, you know, he spilled it all on me. So he said, I know about that. He said, we're sorry. Um, uh, you walk with me and, uh, Janie was with me and, uh, and when she's heard all the hell blue, she came to see if i was involved in a fight but i wasn't so anyway we walked to the casino store a lot of them don't have them anymore but most of them used to have a store where you could buy you know promotional shirts and golf shirts and t-shirts and all things casino you know uh so he went in and he said give him uh any polo shirt he wants and any shorts that he wants and uh it's on us and he signed something at her and she says, Sure sir, take your time. There's even the dressing room there if you want to try it on. And so <laughs> that's how I got a hundred dollars worth of golf clubs by being a key witness, you know. So um, later, this is like a half hour past, we see the police outside, and the guy that's in handcuffs, the young guy that started to fight, he's trying to kick the police. <laughs> He's still trying to punch somebody because somebody said, you're an ass to play the dunce. Well, I don't feel you're an ass to play the dunce, but I wouldn't fight a streak if people were, if the table was hot. I'd quickly switch to place bets and pass line bets for sure. <laughs> Strangest things in a casino. And uh, think about some of yours, you know. You just don't see these every day. <laughs> And I'll never forget them. And for the people that wrote in and gave us a couple of those early ones, we really appreciate it. Okay. We're going to come right back for Crabs Talk. So we move from one segment to another. (laughs) Boom, 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 right? Okay. So, um, Let's talk about the uh, come out rolling craps. Now, the come out rolling craps is when there's not an established point. The uh, puck on either side of the table with the numbers is moved to the side of the numbers and it's facing up and it's black. And once a uh, four, five, six, eight, nine, or ten is rolled, you know, the first time that's rolled, the puck will turn to the w- white side and be placed above the number. So then that number becomes the established point. So let's say the the come-out shooter doesn't throw a 7 or 11, which would be an instant winner, or a 2, 3, or 12, which would be a loser, but rather throws a 5. So the game's underway, and the puck is turned to white on either side of the table and put above the 5, and that's the established point. And now the shooter, uh, to win the game, has to roll the 5 before she rolls the 7, and that's the change. Well, so when you're shooting or playing and it's a come-out role and you're on the pass line, you're afraid of the 2-3-12 because you just lose and the game's over and a new one starts. Um, you'd prefer a 7 or 11. So what many people do, and I've seen this in the Midwest, oh my goodness, every time i played in the Midwest, every time someone at the table played this way, and oftentimes the majority of people play this way, I seldom see this in Pittsburgh. I seldom see it in Pittsburgh. Um, That's in the city. I see it occasionally at Pittsburgh Live near Greensburg, which is about 30 miles out of the city. And I also see it occasionally at the Meadows. So what you're basically doing is you're protecting yourself from losing on the come out roll. If a seven eleven is rolled, you win, but you lose the 2-3-12 bet. So you bet on the don't pass and the pass line at the same time. So you cost yourself winning on the pass line to protect yourself from losing from the craps numbers 2-3 or 12 on the come out roll. Same way uh, if you win on the 2-3-12, well, they pay you, but you lose the same amount you had bet on the pass line. But it's a way to protect you so the Uh, in essence, the come out role becomes irrelevant to you and you really don't start betting money until uh, you have an established point. So at that point, you can pick up your odds bet, but most of the people will just leave them there. But you could pick up your two, three, your don't pass bet. You can't pick up your pass line bet. That's a contract bet. It can't be lifted. So If you like the point, you might put odds behind the line or you might just make a place bet on the the point and whatever other numbers you want to make a place bet on. You know, some would play um, what's called the Iron Cross. They would bet the 5, the 6, the 8 in the field. That covers every number but the 7. So the pass line and don't pass line cancel each other out and you get this sense that the come-out rolls are relevant to you. You could care less what happens because you're just going to stay like that until an established point is rolled. I don't play that way. And the reason I don't play that way is because about 30% of come-out rolls end because someone either throws a 7 or 11, which is an instant winner for the pass line, or they throw a 2, 3, 12, and only the don't pass people would win money on that. But it still ends the game and a new game is started. So a new come out roll comes on. So I I usually hedge the bet. I Probably the most common way that I play a come out roll uh, at a 5 or $10 table, it doesn't matter to me. I bet $15 on the pass line and $6 on three-way crap. So I'd win on a 2 and I'd win on a 3 and I'd win on a 12. And obviously on a 2 or 12, it'd be two times... Um, 30 minus the $4 on the other two numbers. So it's because I bet $6 on freeway craps. So you always have to subtract the ones that don't hit, the two numbers that don't hit if it's a craps number. Now if the 7 or 11 is rolled, I lose the $6. I win 15 minus 6, I really win $9. So I like that 15-6 hedge, I play it over and over and over again. <laughs> You know, and what I really want to happen is I want a streak. I, I want someone to roll a two, three, 12, and then um, we go again. And this time, I bet more money, and then a two, three, 12, and you know, I press it up. I just I like to get four or five craps numbers in a row, and suddenly you have real money. So that's it for craps talk today. Um, what do you do? Do you play the come out role? Do you just stand aside, or do you put money on both the way they do it in the Midwest, particularly in the state of Indiana? Okay, we're going to be right back for Janie, and she's going to talk about some big hits in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll be right back. And that's a cheer for Janie, and she's going to be discussing an article that appeared on Play USA. I want to give kudos to Mark Meltzer. That's M-E-L-T-Z-E-R. His articles are so factual. And... This one, of course, talks about some of the big hits, but maybe the places where they hit, the place where it hit, will surprise you. So let's enjoy this very factual report by our partner, Janie.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Jane. Just wanted to talk about two major wins that happen at the Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas. The first one was in June. That hit on a triple-double-emerald will of Fortune game. The Harry Reid International Airport confirmed the $1.3 million jackpot. Uh, they confirmed it on June 28th, the day after the big win. The second one was barely a month later when the triple red hot version of the wheel of fortune machine hit for 1,286,324 dollars so those are two really those are huge hits no matter where you get them but to think that you would get them at the airport but we know that people sitting there and i've been one of them waiting for their planes, look at those machines, and they try for the one last big win before they leave Las Vegas.
0: You know, time after time, I've read, uh, you know, the experts, the so-called experts, say never play at the airport. But what changed my mind, because I throw 20 bucks in those Wheel of Fortune machines every time we have a chance, and that's it, $20, and I'm out. But we actually know someone who won nearly a half a million dollars there.
1: Well, and I have to say though, he wasn't like the general population. He didn't play on his way out of Vegas. He played he went to the machine as soon as he landed. And um he won the money and then called his parents and said, "Hey, you got to come out here. I haven't even left the airport yet." <laughs> and they did. They went out. We know his mother who is a nurse that we deal with often. And I can understand this person's fascination uh, in going into the airport, you know, getting off the plane, going into the airport, and for the first time, seeing all these slot machines. You know, it's, it's contagious, as most of us do know, whether you're in the casino or whether you're in the airport. But would you really guess there are more than 1,400 slot machines spread throughout the terminals at the airport?
0: No. I have to say, after I read this article and we shared it with one another and discussed it, I, I would have never guessed. I would have guessed 200, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah,
1: I would have never guessed that many. But it's saying that, you know, they're spread out. And they are. Through the terminals, you only see whatever is in your terminal at right. that that so, one time. And they're also... ...stack down the aisles as you wait at the gates. So the count is 1,400 slots at the uh, Harry Reid International Airport. Right, and it says to compare that with the Bellagio... ...which has probably 100 fewer slots machine on its casino floor. Last year, the company that oversees the Las Vegas slot machine concession... ...at the airport, which is called Airport Slot Concession, Inc., ...it passed a revenue milestone... The airport slot machines have generated more than a billion dollars in revenue for the company. Now, these games aren't just profitable for the company that oversees the operation of the slots. The airport has received more than $34 million in revenue from the slot machines. Now, the, uh, that concession is owned by the owner of South Point Hotel and Casino.
0: So basically, the company that he represents or he owns is just paying rent to put those machines at the airport.
1: I, I guess. I would imagine that's, that's how it's working. But um, I guess the point is you could be playing at the casino or you could be playing at the airport. There's,
0: there's not really a whole lot of
1: difference. They still all come under the same gaming laws.
0: Yeah, so there might be looser machines somewhere else, but doesn't mean you're going to win when you sit down at them. So, I think in terms of uh, Nevada state law, you know, it doesn't really matter where you play slot machines. And I'm not talking about video poker now. I'm just talking about regular slots and wheel of fortune machines. It's that old thing. It's a random, it's chance, and when it hits, it hits. Right,
1: it it does. So, you know, just, I know, a a lot of you would never admit it, but I know as you've been sitting there waiting at the gate for your plane to come in and you've looked at that slot machine right across the aisle from you, you've thought about playing it. So, as Coach Fav says, you know, I I think it's always good to save like 20 bucks that you were saving to take home with you and get your car out of the parking or whatever at the airport. Um, Maybe put it in there and you might be lucky. They have had just unbelievable uh, jackpots won there the last few years well they don't
0: report how much money is lost every day <laughs>
1: you know well, no that's not reported but we're just we're just giving you the facts okay well thanks a lot Jane well is... I also have another area that I talk about oh, that... okay I'm sorry hey this is important too. well, well yeah important. saving money uh, in Las Vegas and it's all all. use this part's usually about the food and at the restaurants now, none of these particular restaurants are on the strip. Okay, some are in Henderson, some Boulder, which is further up the highway, um, or on some other streets, but just off the strip. So I'll give you these few. At the Longhorn Casino on Boulder Highway, there's an offer of a 16 ounce Porterhouse special available from 4 to 12 a.m., 4 p.m. to 12 a.m. for only $13.99. That's 16 ounces. Okay, at Skyline Casino, and I mentioned them in the last podcast that I was in, in Henderson, they offer a monthly all-you-can-eat special for just $13.99. Specials include spaghetti and homemade meatballs and all-you-can-eat ribs served with corn on the cob and coleslaw.
0: For $14.
1: Right. Okay, and that's all you can eat. Taste of Asia... The recently opened restaurant at Suncoast offers several lunch specials for $9.99. The specials include chicken chow mein, broccoli beef, and barbecue pork fried rice. The ondori Asian Kitchen at the Orleans Hotel and Casino offers several lunch specials for under $10, and they include General Tso's chicken, Kung Pao chicken, teriyaki chicken, and beef and sliced barbecue pork. The Emerald Isle Grill in Henderson offers some great late-night specials served from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. daily. You can have chili verde burrito, chicken tenders and waffle, and pulled pork nachos for $8.99. There are several more specials starting at $6.99. Also, you want to check out the one-pound bone-in ham steak and eggs for $7.49. Wow, I get hungry every time we go through these. There's very reasonable prices and a $5 breakfast special at the $5 Cafe located at 2200 South Las Be- Vegas Boulevard. Most of the dinners there are priced at twelve ninety nine or less. Then there's also at the Silverton Hotel and Casino a special called Steaks are High where they have a tomahawk, and we all know how big tomahawk yes. steaks are. They have a special there that when you're finished eating... They will bring a cart-side table, uh, a high-table-side cart to your table, and you have an opportunity to roll three dice. And depending on the roll, you can win anything from a free dessert to a free meal. And there's, you know, you get a prize for one die, three ones, three twos, three threes, three fours, three fives, and three sixes. So, I mean, if you're interested in that and you're going to be in the area of the Silverton, it might
0: be worth a try. I'll call that like a promo for Yahtzee. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I just wanted to say. Well, (laughs) whatever. I I just
1: want to to say that this list comes out of the magazine called Casino Player.
0: Yeah, I've uh, mentioned that magazine several times. And uh, do you agree? That's really a very impressive magazine. It is. So it's been more than thirty days since our last episode and uh, I'm glad we're getting back in a routine after my uh getting my <laughs> cancer cut off my nose. That's just a, I wanted to bring it up for people that go to Vegas. Make sure you wear sunblock, you know, not just suntan lotion. And hat,
1: and hats and hat that yeah. Shield and shade your face, you know, especially not even just when you're out by the pool, but especially when you're out by the pool or even in the pool, yeah. Because I was, we know you get more sun in the pool yeah, from and the water reflect, uh, the sun reflecting off the water, but also just walking, like, I, you need to have skin protection.
0: Yeah, and I was one of those guys that said it's never going to happen to me. Well, it happened to me, you know. Well, anyway. We're, up, we're back in our routine and our episodes will continue, so hope you enjoyed Strangest Things Seen in a Casino. Hey, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. And remember, Casinos USA is still a place where, where every day, day is Saturday. Saturday. Thanks for listening. Today is Saturday.